Welcome to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. And we're now doing News Plus Sports. There's no orange man bad, war good, uniparty mantra here. Red Pill Plus. Red Pill Plus. Sports Plus News. Done right. All right, all right, all right. So thankful to have you on this Tuesday night. I'm actually doing the, it's actually Wednesday morning, 1240 a.m. Central Time. So I almost got it in on Tuesday night, but uh, I'm a night owl. So here I am. I'm your host, Donnie Copeland. This is the Red Pill Plus podcast. The reason we call it Plus is because we're sports plus news done right. We started out actually as a sports podcast. And uh, covering mostly uh, political things, uh, the liberal woke, uh, combating the wokeism that uh, is the uh, virus that is in sports. And then we've kind of started doing some news stuff as well. Tonight, we're going to focus on sports. We're going to be talking about the WNBA's Great White Hope, and that being uh, Caitlin Clark. Uh, where this kind of originated, oh, and by the way, we are brought to you by Red River Auto, RedRiverAuto.com. I cannot tell you how phenomenal these people are. If you have ever wanted to have just a good experience buying a car, and you look, you know, can you have a good experience buying a car? Yes, you can. Red River Auto, RedRiverAuto.com, new or used, just about any type of new or used car, they will have it. Have all different types of dealerships. RedRiverAuto.com. Tell them the Red Pill Plus podcast sent you. Uh, part of the Doc Washburn, <coughs> excuse me, uh, network of podcasts. Also, we have the Medicare Fundcast, which is helps you uh, cover, uh, helps you understand Medicare. That's brought to you by Brian Coolis, and then uh, he also does a really neat thing. He does entertainment. Uh, intertwine in with uh, Medicare uh, education. So it's a really fun, great show. Uh, and then the Dot Washburn Show, which is really our trademark, uh, is our, uh, I guess, our number one show is the Dot Washburn Show. So you want to check it out as well. And uh, so, but this is the Red Pill Plus podcast. We're so thankful that you are here. And uh, thank you to the 11 countries and 17 states that are listening and we appreciate you so so very much tell your friends family about us uh, and we are going to also we're brought to you by mypillow mypillow.com don't forget to use that promo code red uh, the slippers are my favorite i love the pillow i love the sheets um, and uh, we're getting uh, get ready to get a mattress topper so that's mypillow.com promo code red and then last but certainly not least is Purpose Media Publishing. 
PurposeMediaPublishing.com. If you or a loved one or a friend is wanting to publish a book, PurposeMediaPublishing.com. Um, so I want to talk to you about the NBA's Great White Hope. And how this started was uh, I was watching a... I actually was not... I do watch Gil, Gil's Arena, Gilbert Arenas's uh, podcast from time to time. Um, and uh, But this one I was watching, and I, I, I hate that I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, he's not very popular, but, but I do pick him up on YouTube from time to time. And he was talking about a particular uh, Gills Arena uh, episode where Cheryl Swoops, former Texas Tech and NBA, a WNBA star, was on there. And uh, she was talking about Caitlin Clark and basically trashing Caitlin Clark. And then she told three of the most egregious lies. Now, I had to go back and, and, uh, and I'll have to make this right on X, but uh, speaking of X, it's blowing up with. Tucker Carlson getting ready to do his uh, uh, his interview with Vladimir Putin. That uh, that ought to, I think it'll hit 50 million views. Uh, probably the biggest thing in social media history. Um, so Cheryl Swoops is on Gil Arena, uh, Gil's Arena, Gilbert Arenas's podcast, and they're asking her about Caitlin Clark, about the WNBA, about uh, which this is all set up, so they know what they're going to talk about. And so Cheryl Swoops, who is, you know, like WNBA legend, if if they can have a legend when you're that irrelevant, but nonetheless. So she says, well, you know, number one, uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, you know, she's, she's about to break uh, the young lady from Washington. I want to say it's uh, Flume. I think uh, Flume is her, or Plume is her name. And she's about to break her scoring record, all-time uh, collegiate scoring record for women. And she said, well, yeah, she, she's going to break it because she did it in five years uh, because of COVID. Uh, and, and this girl only, did, you know, only had four years. So the host had to later come back and say, no, actually, she's only played four years. She could play a fifth year because of COVID, but she's actually only played four years. Well, Cheryl Swoops out like she didn't even hear that. Then she goes on to say, well, you know, Kelly Clark ought to be better because she's 25 and all these other kids, these college students are 22. I mean, 20. Well, Kelly Clark's 22. So let me say that again. Cheryl Swoop says, well, she ought to be uh, better because she's 25. Like age has something to do with it, one. Uh, she's 25 and everybody else is, you know, 19 and 20. 18, 19, 20, I think is actually what she said. We don't want to correct her on that, but all you have to do is just look it up. And Caitlin Clark just turned 22. So she had her at 25, she's 22. Uh, then the, the third lie she told, which was probably the most egregious, she said, um, she said, yeah, she's scoring a lot because she takes 40 shots a game. But when she gets in the WNBA, you know, her teammates are not going to let her do that. Well, a cursory look. I actually put it out on X that she averaged 22 shots a game, but that was high. She actually averages her entire career. She's averaged under 19 shots a game. <laughs> and she uh, is going to break. She's, she's like 30 games uh, below what the young lady Flume or Plume, whatever, from Washington 
so she's actually played less games, not more. She's 22, not 25. And she averages 19, 19 and some change shots per game, not 40. So Cheryl Swoops wasn't just off. She was just flat out wrong. And just, just went on there and just told ball face lies. But, you know, Cheryl, I know you're older now and, you know, you're not used to this. But there's this thing called the interweb, the internet. And people can just kind of click, click, click and on their phone and figure out that you're lying. So, you know, you need to apologize. Um, but that brings us to a, a bigger, to me, a, a, a bigger uh, subject. Uh, and, and that is the subject of race. And, and I asked when I, I posted that on X, hey, Cheryl Swoops, uh, and to Gilbert Arenas, and, uh, and also I, I, I posted Caitlin Clark on there as well. And I said, uh, oh, by the way, you can find me on X at Donnie Copeland. I'd love for you to uh, follow me, and I'll follow you as soon as you uh, follow me. Uh, so anyway, uh, I was, um, you know, I was listening to it, and, you know, I was thinking about uh, the WNBA and how horrible the WNBA is. They're just in the tank. They lose money. Uh, you know, they just have no uh, no momentum. There's nothing that, you know, all these NBA players go to the games and try to pump it up. The NBA's pumped money into it, but it's just, it's like watching paint dry. It's just Horrible, horrible basketball. And then you have this magic happening in college where uh, uh, women's college basketball is taken off. And yeah, LSU's a huge part of that. Uh, you know, Angel Reese and, and, and the LSU Tigers, whom I, I'm a Tiger fan, they're, they're definitely a part of that. But, but the, real, the, the real story in women's collegiate basketball uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good players, but the 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 number one by far player is Caitlin Clark, and I'm talking about not just ability, but I'm talking about draw. And so I was uh, I believe it was Jason Whitlock was talking about it, and he had a couple of guys on his podcast. Fearless, it's a really good podcast if you've not picked it up and listened to it. But they're talking about the impact that Caitlin Clark is going to have on the WNBA. And, you know, instantly when she goes to a city, there's going to be thousands of, of new fans that are, come out, that are going to come out. And so at least on the onset, it's going to be a phenomenon. And so the question was how, uh, oh, I know what I was going to say was, you know, why does Cheryl Swoops do that? Well, I, I think it's because I think it's racism, honestly, I really do. I think it's Cheryl Swoops is highly hurt because Caitlin Clark is getting all this attention, uh, you know, and she got attention, but it's been 30 years ago, talking about Cheryl Swoops. Now Caitlin Clark is getting all this attention, and Caitlin Clark is going to revolutionize w, the WNBA. Uh, I don't think she can do it by herself, and I'll, I'll talk about that here in a moment and equate it with uh, what happened in the NBA. But I think they already see, they already know. They, they know what's going to happen. She's going to get all the endorsements. She's going to get, you know, the huge salary. <clears throat> she's going to, um, you know, she's going to revolutionize WNBA. And so here's, 
a, a league just like the NBA that's predominantly black, and then you have this you know skinny, uh, gangly white girl comes in and just you know blows it up. Uh, but it's it's kind of like and I was watching a um, a podcast. It was again it was Gills Arena podcast and had the professor. Remember the little white guy that was the and one star and how uh, it was really the professor and I think it was the juice. Those two are the ones that really blew up and won. It was really because you had, stop thinking about it, 16% of America is black, all right? So if you have a league, whether it's WNBA, you have the NBA, you have N1, and it's, you know, any given night, there's 20, 30, talking about N1, uh, black guys out there hooping it up. White people's entertained, and they're awed by the tremendous uh, talent, but they can't relate to it because, you know, they can't jump, they can't run, they can't, you know, most white people don't have the handles and the ability. So they, they it's hard for them to relate. So there, there's some relative thing, you know, it's just like a, a black guy playing hockey. You pick up black uh, fans when you have a black hockey player, which is very rare. Well, conversely, when you get a white guy that can jump out of the gym, you get a white wide receiver, uh, you get, you know, a white, typically black position player, like a running back or a wide receiver, uh, like a Christian McCaffrey, uh, then it draws more people to the game because they can relate. And yeah, there's there's no doubt there's a racial, not, not a bad racial uh, component. It's just they can relate because it's someone like them, just like the black hockey player People can relate to it. And so with all that being said, I think Cheryl Swoop sees that Caitlin Clark is going to revolutionize or, or could conceivably revolutionize the w, WNBA. Now, I think there's something else that's going to have to happen. I'm going to talk some about, uh, I think I think Caitlin Clark is in for a real education. Not that she already doesn't know, but she's tough as nails, so I'm not worried about her. But I don't know that she has faced the level. You know, all these, all these, and I know I keep, I, I got so much I want to talk about on this because I think there's so many layers to this. I think there's a sports layer. I think there's the uh, sociology layer. I think there's the race relations layer. I think it's a phenomenal, phenomenal opportunity for the WNBA. So here's the question, and for ESPN, who is the, a broadcast partner uh, for the uh, WNBA by extension of the NBA because they own it, the WNBA. That's the NBA does. So, uh, so you have this tremendous opportunity. You have trem- tremendous opportunity to revolutionize the WNBA. Uh, but here's the question: Will the will the woke ESPN Disney will the media, sports media, especially the legacy media, uh, will the NBA, by sense the M- uh, WNBA, will they, or vice versa, WNBA, by extension NBA, who owns them, will they embrace her to the level that they need to, or just hope and pray that she gets some catastrophic injury, uh, which is really short-sighted because your goal is to grow the game, right? Is your goal to grow the game or is your, or is your goal to make a black uh, women's league, 
What do you want? And uh, and so and then here's another thing, and, and and I'll make the I'll make the uh, parallel here. You take the pharmaceutical companies. You take the uh, beverage companies. You take uh, who are you, some of your other larger uh, Airbnb. You know, uh, cologne. Uh, your your you know cosmetics. And if you'll notice on how many of those pharmaceutical commercials, how many of the uh, the let's see pharmaceutical beverage commercials, uh, Airbnb. A hotel, motel, uh, any industry that really does a lot of advertising. How many of those commercials you've seen that uh, jewelry commercials? Uh, it's it's same sex couples. It's it's all the time, and so you ask yourself why? Because that's that's what two percent, maybe three, four at the outside. So you're not appealing to ninety six percent of the people, and. Uh, why would you do that? Because maybe the agenda is not to sell jewelry. Maybe the agenda is not to sell pharmaceuticals. Maybe the agenda is not to uh, sell beverages. Maybe your maybe your agenda is is uh, was twofold. Yeah, you want to sell, but you really want to you want to cram down the throats of people. Your agenda of same sex transgender. Now uh, it'll be pedophilia. I mean, just. Just nail it. Just just write it down. That's coming. That's going to be the next frontier. But but I digress. So here's the question for the WNBA and for the and for ESPN. Now, are you more worried about having a lesbian, a black lesbian basketball league? Because that's let's just be honest. The bulk of of, of the players in the NBA, black and white by the way, are lesbians. So you've got this straight white girl that's coming on the on the scene and could be the, the best the w, WNBA has ever seen. And, and it's not that there's not other players that, that are as talented as her that don't have probably more ability than her. It's the kind of game that she has. It's the flash. It's Pistol Pete. And this wasn't original with me. It was uh, someone brought it up, but I thought it was a great parallel. But I got, a, I think I got a better parallel here in a moment. Uh, and so it's like when Pistol Pete came into the league, you know, what, 45 years ago, and he's behind his, throwing passes behind his back, going between his legs, you know, uh, that was looked at as being a show-off. And he was ahead of his time. And uh, people really resented him. And he had a great NBA career, but nothing like his college career, where he's still the uh, the highest all-time scoring, uh, number one scoring uh, scoring champion, uh, and and still hasn't been surpassed. Average forty-four points a game in college. I'm talking about. So, so NBA, ESPN, you have a choice. Do you want to be saved or not? Well. You know, the NBA back in the 80s had the same dilemma. Uh, if, you, if you remember back, the, the NBA uh, literally, this is not hyperbole, literally the NBA's playoff games could not draw as many people to uh, a television audience to an NBA playoff game than a rerun of Dallas. Now, this is pre-Bird, pre-Magic. 
Then emerges, same year with these two, appears the great White Hope and Larry Bird goes to Boston. Uh, and they surround him with a predominantly white team. And then you have Magic Johnson, who's this electric, smile from ear to ear, really showy guy, and goes to L.A. for Showtime. And they uh, surround him with a lot of talent. And you have, for the next 10 years, for that decade, 80s to the 90s, you had, uh, I believe, seven of the 10 championship games was either Lakers or Celtics. Five of the 10 NBA, I'm, I'm sorry, MVP playoff, MVP playoff championship uh, MVPs went to either Bird or Magic. Uh, Bird won three in a row, or, or uh, player of the year, three three times in a row. Uh, and so it's, it's just amazing. And those two revolutionized uh, the NBA for television. And I really think that can happen for the WNBA. I really think it can. Uh, and and I, I don't think two white guys would have made that happen with uh, in the NBA. I think it took Magic and it took Bird for that to happen. I really do. I think, I think the, you know, black people had to have somebody, although they had, you know, 90, what, 90% of the NBA is black. Uh, but they had to have somebody that, uh, you know, that they could maybe not identify with, but was electric, and, and Magic was certainly that. Uh, very, you know, outgoing. Larry Bird wasn't at all. He wasn't a, you know, public figure at all. In fact, he didn't like any of that. But he was white, so people could identify with him. He wasn't, you know, the greatest jumper and, and super fluid, but he just was such a smart uh, basketball player and just made for phenomenal, phenomenal drama. It's, I, I kind of equate it to a, a, a politician. You have some politicians that other people can speak a lot better than them. They even maybe look a little better than them, but they just, they have that it. They have that likability. They're handsome enough. They're tall enough. They have enough going but then they have this personality that just people are drawn to them. And I think that was the way it was with Bird and Magic. There was just this, you know, there, there was this drawing about those two. So let's fast forward to, or, or skip back over to the WNBA. I, I think, and I, and I was thinking about uh, what's the young lady that plays for Juju Watkins, I believe it is, plays for USC. She's pretty electric. I, I think y you... I think Caitlin Clark is going to bring a, a brand new day to the WNBA, but I don't think she can do it by herself. I think she has to have a nemesis. I think she has to have uh, somebody that it, but it can't be. And here's, here's what I fear about the WNBA is that Disney, uh, ESPN, the legacy sports media is so resentful that this white girl is, you know, blowing up the league. You're going to have 10, 20,000 people added to home games in WNBA. You're going to have people in their home stadiums uh, cheering because uh, they're coming out not to see their, their local WNBA team. You know, the L.A. Sparks are going to play. There's going to be more people cheering for Caitlin Clark than there are for the L.A. Sparks. 
and and that's that's what's going to happen. But so it's kind of like I heard the professor talking about when N one, you know, N one blew up. He said, "But hey, and and yeah, I was a part of that. And the juice was the other part of that. Black guy, white guy going at it with each other. Professor, super flashy, kind of." You know, white chocolate, like Jason Williams, probably for the Sacramento Kings, uh, New Jersey Nets as, as well. Super flashy, uh, you know, just phenomenal, small guy. And he brought so many people to the game. And a lot of the black and one athletes really resented him, but they all benefited from it because the it, it, it grew exponentially because you brought in. Again, I go back to if you have all black players then you have uh you have 16 percent. not not that white people obviously white people watch the nba because the nba would not be wouldn't be on tv if white people didn't watch it because because only 16 percent of the nation is black so it's already predominantly a white audience watching a, a what 80 percent black um league and if you took out the europeans that are white, it'd be a 95% black league. Uh, so, but you have you have a, a good enough product that people watch it because it's it's good it's good basketball. WNBA is not as good. It's just not, and uh, the women are not as exciting to watch. Now I think the college game, and not just Caitlin Clark. And not just LSU, but I think there's a lot of really, really good uh, collegiate women basketball players. And I think Kaitlyn Clark can really, really uh, help the the WNBA cross the threshold. But here's the problem. The problem is, even though everybody's going to benefit, TV contracts are going to go out the up the, just, I mean, going to be phenomenal. And she'll never be able to get paid uh, what... Uh, it's now it's just endorsement. She's gonna just she, she's actually gonna make more money playing for Iowa salary uh, NIL versus salary for the WNBA because they have a cap on WNBA salaries and it's not you know they don't make the money like the NBA not even close because the TV money's not there um, and you know so all these women that says you know they ought to get paid as much as men they can't the money's not there nobody's watching it. But when she starts watching it, there's no way they can pay her the salary, one, because of the salary cap they have, but two, uh, they can't pay her enough money. But she's going to make enough money in endorsements. They're going to make sure she gets the money she needs. But here's the thing she's going to have to endure. She's going to have to endure resentment from her own teammates. Uh, She's going to take on extreme resentment from other players, coaches, uh, league they're looking forward to fail. They're looking forward to not do well. Uh, and, and, and I think they'll take cheap shots at her. They'll try to knock her out. And really what they're doing, they're, not, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. Because if she elevates the league and they've, they've got these new numbers that are out the roof, they get a bigger TV contract and the salaries go up. Uh, and then what you're going to have happen, you're going to have more young ladies coming in, black and white, uh, the game gets elevated, and then, what, 10 years you had the NBA go from being uh, being beat out by reruns of Dallas to being, you know, probably second. Actually, the NBA went from being 
not being able to uh, keep up with that Dallas rerun. Uh, I'm talking JR and, and, and the folks, for some of you really old ones. Uh, I'm talking about the, the soap opera at night, Dallas, not the team. Um, th they went from that, couldn't beat a Dallas rerun, to having MLB numbers. And right now, I think they're number two. I think MLB's number three, NFL's number one. Uh, college basketball may be, may be number two, or college football, definitely number two. Uh, then uh, probably uh, NBA is uh, is probably, I, I think it's probably, uh, yeah, it's definitely NFL number one, probably college football is number two, NBA is number three, uh, and then um, see, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, women's basketball is way down. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, so I, th I think she brings a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. So here's the question. Will the WNBA, will ESPN slash Disney, will the woke uh, allow her this, you know, enter into a predominantly black lesbian uh, league? Because I'm going to tell you what they're going to try to do. They're trying to make her bow to the LGBTQIS2QRVWXYZ uh, agenda. They're going to make her, you know, they're going to make her uh, bow to Black History Month. They're going to, you know, they're going to make her say all the right things. Uh, and which, you know, uh, that that's whatever, but she just got to be herself. She's got to stay herself. She's got to stand strong. She's got to play her game. Uh, and then there's going to have to be some some players in the league, black, gay players, that says, you know what, this is, this is, this is stupid. This is idiotic. And uh, this young lady is elevating our game. She's helping us. Uh, you know, she's one of us. She's a good player. Uh, let's compete like crazy but have mutual respect and grow this thing together. Uh, so I hope that happens. I hope that happens for her. I wish her the very best. I was kind of tough on her. In fact, I did a podcast some time ago about uh, right after the national championship game between LSU and, and uh, Iowa, where her and Angel Reese kind of got into it, and they was doing the whole can't see me and ring point and all that. And I, I think my episode was Caitlin... Clark is no angel, and she's not. She's not perfect by any stretch. Uh, and uh, but but I'm glad I get to do another one in Defender. I wish her the very best, and I hope there's some people that come around her. You know, when Larry Clark, uh, Larry Clark, uh, that that's a mix of Larry Bird and Caitlin Clark. When Larry uh, Bird came into the league, he was very uh, resented by black players because it's like, you know, who's this white boy? Who does he think he is? And he goes in there and he dominates, and now he's got tremendous respect. You can see video after video of black players talking about how Larry Bird was a, you know, solid player. So I think she she will definitely earn the people that can be objective. And there's, a, there's probably most of the players I think can be objective. There's some never going to like her because she's – uh, you know, uh, white. And conversely, there's white people who never like black players because they're black. I think that's narrow-minded and really, really, um, you know, a simpleton way of thinking. Uh, so I wish her the best. I hope 
and pray that the WNBA, that ESPN, Disney can see that uh, Caitlin Clark really, she's, she's here to save the WNBA and can save it uh, if they will let her. Hey, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. And uh, I'll probably jump back on here during the week and we'll maybe talk about the uh, Tucker Carlson uh, interview with Vladimir Putin. Putin. I'm looking forward to that interview. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful uh, week. And uh, I'll talk to you later. God bless. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Red Pill Plus Podcast. Sports Plus News done right. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. In the meantime, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Red Pill Plus. And check the website at docwashburn.com slash redpill.